Thank you for listening to Women in Sports. This show is all about advancing the narrative for women in the sports industry. I'm one of the hosts, Erin Sinnott. And I'm Ashton Pills. This is a Rising Coaches-sponsored show that gives women in the sports industry the opportunity to tell their stories and talk about their experiences. Glad to have you listening along. Stay tuned. Women in Sports is brought to you by Rising Coaches. Rising Coaches is the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. We have over 1,200 members of coaches who, from the high school all the way up to the professional level. Uh, and there's three things that we focus on. Community, relationships, and development. There's no straight line in this business. There's only ups and downs and peaks and valleys. And when you're going through them, it is crucial that you have a support system and a community who has been through the fires themselves that you can lean on and help you through those tough times. Genuine relationships. We put the premium on genuine, uh, not just exchanging phone numbers and speaking one time a year at the Final Four, uh, but rather creating relationships that will last a lifetime and help you both personally and professionally. And finally, and most importantly, development. We are constantly providing resources to our members so that they can work on their craft and add tools to their toolbox. The premise is this. If you sign up and become a member for Rising Coaches for just $120 a year, the relationships and the network will take care of themselves organically so that you can focus on working on your craft and better serving the people that you come in contact every single day as a coach. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. This is a new show for us. You know, in addition to all these panels that we do, um, we obviously do a lot of podcasts as well. The Rising Coaches podcast is kind of what we started with back in 2017. Um, the Right Fit podcast uh, is another one that we started recently where we interview athletic directors. And now we're really, really excited to have started uh, Women in Sports. Uh, you know, we started Rising Coaches 10 years ago back in 2010, um, again, as a way just to, to help coaches connect and cut out a lot of the, the BS, you know, you got to know this person, you got to know that person and just have a community where coaches can just talk like for real about things that go on in the industry and how to best navigate it. Um, and, you know, through word of mouth, our community just grew and grew and grew. And we were all coaching full time. So it wasn't like we were putting time and resources uh, into it. Uh, but it grew to the point where we had really strong brand awareness. Now, because I coached on the men's side and Brandon, who, who you heard from a minute ago, coached on the men's side and our other partner, Andy Farrell, coached on the men's side. You know, obviously our brand awareness just happened naturally to grow in men's basketball. Um, but it's really important to us. And, and I stepped away from coaching last year so that I can put, you know, all of my time and effort into rising coaches. And one of the areas that I really was the most important for me to make sure that we grew into was into women's basketball. Um, and, uh, so when Ashton and Aaron came to me about wanting to put together a show, women in sports, I couldn't be more excited about it. We had big plans to do things at the women's final four, uh, in new Orleans, obviously, you know, coronavirus threw a wrench at that, like it did to so many other things. But, um, this show is an unbelievable opportunity for us to, you know, empower Aaron and Ashton to, to find guests that can shed light on, on women's basketball and basketball in general. And, 
um, we're, we're super excited. So I'm going to go ahead and stop talking and I'm going to uh, introduce our two hosts, the stars of the show, uh, Ashton Pills and Aaron Sinnott. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, so my name is Ashton Pills. I am a current student manager at the University of Kansas. Before this, uh, I played two years at the NAIA level, and then I just have really big aspirations of being a collegiate coach one day, a basketball coach, so I decided to kind of take a leap of faith and come up here, and I'm really glad I did. Uh, we just kind of created this show, like Adam said, just to echo what Adam said, to empower other women. And I just think it's really important um, that we learn from other people's stories. I think you learn the most from what other people have done. Everybody has their own path, but we can take little nuggets of advice from everyone. So my co-host is Erin Sennett. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Erin. Um, I am from a suburb of Chicago and I then played women's basketball at the University of Evansville. Um, I played there for a couple of years and then ended up transferring to the Division II level um, and played at Damon College in Buffalo, New York. Um, during my during my time there, I just got to um, my last few years actually at Damon was the first time I had a, a female head coach, and for me, um, it was very very eye opening that um, not only what all the things she puts into it, but they also have administration positions. So. Through my last two years under her, I really saw myself in the sporting industry, but just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, everyone was like, you should coach, you should coach. And, you know, that's, that's, um, that's a really, it's a, it's a lifestyle for sure. You need to really buy in and, and do things like that. And I just really saw myself wanting to do events. And I worked for um, the University at Buffalo football team. Um, and they were really successful and going through a lot. I was doing recruiting there and everything. And so I just, I just really didn't know um, what I wanted to do. And then I ended up um, taking a summer and working for a ministry. And then after that, I am um, finishing up my master's degree right now at Southern Illinois, um, where I was a graduate assistant in the marketing department. Um, once again, where the athletic director there, um, his name's Jared Kill, he just really did um, a great job at bringing strong, powerful women into that department. Um, and so it was something that I really just started to see the poss the endless possibilities and the things that um, even as an athletic department at Southern Illinois really started to, to change and move. Um, we have a lot of like women ADs. Um, my boss was the only female. And so then I got to be the second in our department. Um, and I really just saw a lot of different ways um, that women were really able to get into all of that. And then um, was luckily um, during COVID was able to have some downtime and, and get um, hooked up with rising coaches and, and just everything that I'm passionate about and that I want to represent um, and facilitate for, for you guys is something that, that it just kind of spoke to me. And, and I was able to convince Adam to, to bring me on board. So yeah, so um, if our guests, if you guys want to go ahead, um, so we have Ashley Barlow, um, and then from she's from Wright State. So if you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Ashley, like she said, Ashley Barlow, um, from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, Played at Pike High School in downtown Indianapolis. Um, and then I went on and played at the uh, University of Notre Dame for four seasons. Um, 
after I graduated, um, I played one season overseas in Israel. Um, after that, I got a phone call from um, someone asked him if I wanted to be on their staff. And at the age of 23, I was a division one uh, assistant coach. Um, I was there at IUPUI for two years. Um, after that, I moved on to the University of Evansville. That's how Aaron and I met. Um, I was there for three seasons. <laughs> um, and then I am currently at uh, Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, this past season was my fourth season. And I'm going into my fifth year. Um, I've known my boss since I was eight years old. Uh, her father ran a youth mentoring program in uh, Indianapolis where he used basketball as a vehicle to get people um, to continue their dreams um, and things like that. Uh, so his daughter is actually my boss right now. Um, and she says she does not remember this, but um, right when I graduated from Notre Dame, she told me that she was going to get a head coaching job um, and that she was going to uh, call me to be on her staff. And when she got the right state job uh, four years ago, uh, she definitely did that and hang, hung on to her word. And it was it was an awesome thing. And we've been pretty successful since. And I enjoy working with her um, and the staff that has, she has um, created. Awesome. Now, um, the next panelist or person that we have, and we want to really spotlight her story, is Allie Mitchell. Um, Allie, if you, she is with, sorry, I should do a little uh, background, but she's at the Phoenix Suns. She's the Director of Basketball Administration and Development. Um, so, Allie, if you want to go ahead and take it away and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's come back to Allie. <laughs> sorry, Allie, you're frozen a little bit. Maybe we That's can get okay. Oh, are you back? Can you guys hear me? There we go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. I'm up in Portland, Oregon, escaping the heat of Arizona. Um, like they said, I do development and administration for the Suns. Um, I did not really play basketball. I'm not very good at basketball and quit in high school. So um, I went to grad school. I graduated in 2010 in college and just couldn't find a job and had no idea what I wanted to do. So I went back to school for sports business. I was always an athlete. I played lacrosse um, and then got an internship with the Clippers during the lockout. Um, and I think for me, that was the, the best thing that could have happened to me during that time. Because as a lot of you guys know, a lot of people say they want to work in sports. And we had about 45 interns in my department alone. Um, and I was pretty serious about getting a job. And um, the day the season resumed. I think all 45 of the interns showed up and I had been working before that. And so I kind of secured like the lead internship position, worked with the Clippers as an intern. And um, we worked out of the training facility, which is how I got over into the basketball side. Um, I ended up working for the head coach, very like reception, um, personal assisting him, and then um, got into the scouting side just because there wasn't a lot of people there. So I was doing the scheduling and whatnot. Um, and that led to the basketball administration side. I started doing contracts for our team and then um, really worked on the like recruiting and helping the scouts with the Clippers. And then um, went over to the Suns to do team services. And that was really like administrative as well. But um, I was kind of the main point of contact for all of our players as they got to the team 
um, all of our coaches. So I ended up just because we were very small at the time, we'd had a lot of turnover in the first couple of years. Um, I was just the main point of contact for our players and took over on the development side, which was what I ultimately wanted to do uh, when I first started. And so it just was a fit. And um, here I am now. And I think it's just that has grown into more and more development um, off court stuff for our team as I've been there, just as relationships have built. And here I am now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I just love the the connection between just relationships and and things like that. And that's really something that we wanted to um, highlight during our time today. Um, and so basically, kind of what Ashton said, um, she she killed it. Yeah. So our our intention and, and what we really want to do, um, and and Adam's really been allowing us to do is just having this women in sports panel to help um, advance the narrative for women in sport. I think once again, there's so many different realms and so many different um, ways to get into it. It's just about how and where and, and, and what, what can I bring to the table and then just helping people do that and, and having a voice and, and learning. So um, yeah, so basically we just want to have like a better understanding from people that are doing it firsthand and just how they're being um, successful and able to, to, really stand for their stand for themselves and, and things like that so with these zoom sessions they're a chance for us to give women in sports like a platform so basically with that um kind of going into back to coach barlow what do you um how do you really see or how have you seen over just your coaching um career with like women changing and, and you being on an all-female staff correct right yeah even just just things like that kind of since when you you played to how um, the, the female coaching narrative has really changed for you, um, over your years. How, how has that changed? Um, well, I would say that, um, the change, my first, uh, female coach was my freshman year in high school. Um, and then that was only for two years. And then obviously I went to the university of Notre Dame and played for uh, coach McGraw, uh, and just now being on the staff and, having the woman empowerment that we have, um, we get along so well. Um, it's just, it's just amazing to see that we are just trying to be role models for these young ladies and um, allow them to uh, give them the information that they need to be able to be as successful as they possibly can. So just the, the ability for them to be empowered by um, str such strong uh, females um, in the coaching world and, um, just in general is just amazing for them. And I think they, uh, I like to think that they learn a lot from us and be able to um, continue to learn and to grow um, into the young women that sh uh, we would like for them to be. Definitely. And what are um, even some ways too that you guys kind of are able to do that for your girls? Yeah. I guess more specifically too. Okay. Um, yeah, we, my boss is kind of big on stuff like that and making them uh, learn and try and give them the, as much knowledge as we possibly can. So um, in the past, we have read books with them, um, like Chop Wood, Carry Water or The Four Agreements. Um, last summer, we actually did, my boss put together um, just the different weekly topics for our young ladies um, and just allowed them to get the information that they might not necessarily know. Um, and we were introducing them to, so we did 
um, motivational Mondays, uh, financial, financial, uh, financial things on Wednesdays, um, just like teaching them things about credit and um, their credit score. Um, we also uh, just allow them to um, learn through their uh, social media. We talk about different things like that and how to be build a brand for themselves, not just um, not just retweeting things, but also putting stuff out and uh, marketing themselves as a uh, females and athletes and different things like that. So we, we just try to put together things that um, would help them um, in the long run um, from a financial standpoint, um, from a motivational standpoint, um, from a religious standpoint. Um, so just different things like that. We try to get them to uh, just understand that it's more than just the basketball part piece of it. Um, and uh, when they graduate, we, my boss likes to say that um, they're to us as a, 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 a little girl and then graduate as a young woman, somebody that can be as productive in the, uh, in society um, and, and, and be knowledgeable um, just from the, to give them um, and allow them to gain while they are uh, on our, on our uh, team. Yeah, definitely. I even remember the social media talk. Like at first I was like, why does it matter? Yeah. I think coming in as a freshman, I was like, you have to, well, you want to follow us on everything? Like that's so weird, but definitely I have, have come to be very thankful for it. So definitely you're not just representing uh, yourself once you're on the team, you're a part of so much bigger than that. Um, so you're representing obviously yourself, your family, uh, your team, your teammates, um, and then obviously the overall thing is your university. So it it is a, a big deal. Um, so you got to make sure you are putting the right things out there um, and just <clears throat> not putting out things that will get you into trouble or um, cause any issues. Definitely. Really good response. Thank you, Coach Ashley. No kind of flipping it over uh, to Allie, what would you say are ways that women can get in, get opportunities in professional realm, um, in administrative roles, basketball of operations roles, things like that? Um, I think there's, there's so many different ways and it kind of depends on what, what part of sports you're interested in. I'm, my familiarity is all on the basketball operations side. And I've always said people who come in, who say they want to work on the team side, like very general is something I always steer away from like people like that, that just say like broad, they want to be around the team. I'm always weary of. So I think like finding your niche early or like having an idea of what's interesting to you um, is important. I think there's so many different ways. Like we see a lot of people who want to work in professional sports and they're only like, they're only going to work in professional sports, but we always hire people who have been, in college sports have been in lower level leagues. Like we love having people from the G league cause you just know their work ethic and that they've already put in work. They've already done multiple roles. Like I always joke that my position is team mom. Cause I have so many different roles and responsibilities with the team. So somebody who um, has been in a role where they've done different things, they've been humbled. I know that they're going to work hard um, is always super important. I think you can get that. Like if you're in college, you can get it interning or helping out, whatever it is, volunteer, student manager, that kind of thing. Um, 
And then like in the professional sports, you can do the same in whether it's like the G league or, um, whatever. There's like so many different leagues that I think are less glamorous. And so, um, you get so much, you get so much more, um, experience that way. You get to take on a lot more roles. You get to do a lot more. If you start working in the NBA, you're going to do one small specific task. And I think you can really like figure out what you're interested in by doing something that's not as high profile, I guess. No, I totally agree. Kind of adding on to that, how do you strive to kind of empower your staff around you to feel like they're capable of moving up, being successful in their role in that opportunity? Um, I think like everybody says it, but building your network is so important. And then in my role, um, like we gain players trust, we gain like our reputation through who we know. So I think for me, like I worked under somebody when I first started who would have me craft the whole email, put all of the people that it was going to, but then forward it to her. So it would come from her. So I wouldn't end up like meeting anybody. And so I have, I think after working for her and seeing that, I always want the people underneath me to start meeting people right off the bat. I always go, I go to the draft every year um, to kind of meet our player, meet their family, be their first point of contact. So I always bring the people underneath me with me to be like, okay, we're, we're a team. So you can meet their family right off the bat, or you can be around agents. You can email agents. The pre-draft process is huge for the NBA, especially for teams that, have high picks or multiple picks like the Suns have had the last couple of years. We, um, we work a lot with agents, players, other teams. Um, and I think just getting exposure for people underneath me is the biggest thing. And I think I've always said this job is so relationship based and I think I've been able to do what I do based on my relationships. So empowering those people to build relationships as well and start meeting people and not be, I mean, right now I am the main point of contact for new players or during free agency draft process. So I'm trying to get people involved um, so they have those relationships as well and they can be a resource. And um, with, if it's an opportunity with our team or an opportunity somewhere else, they've built those relationships um, from the start. Yes, I totally agree. I think even just as a student manager myself, working with people that empower you is huge. I get to work with great people like yourself that really try to help the younger generation build up their connection. So I think that's incredible what you're doing. Thank you. Kind of That kind of really segues into the ne- next question we have from our conversations, Allie, you've, you kind of stressed to me that you really built your network from scratch. So can you just kind of relay, express how you did that at such a young age? Yeah. Um, like I said, when I uh, first started, it was during the lockout. And, um, I think a lot of you guys will see, like, you kind of have to know somebody to get in at this point. They always say like, it's who, you know, it's not about your experience. You have to get recommended. And especially on the operation side, we don't have interns. Like if you're an intern, intern, you're usually like, you know, played, with one of our players or like a family member of somebody or just something where you have an in already. And I think when I started, it was almost an advantage for me because I didn't have anybody. I didn't know anybody. So I knew I had to work extra hard. Um, And so when I first started, I would set up meetings. I was working out of the training center and it was during the lockout. So I took advantage of the 
free time people had. I remember like setting up a meeting with our assistant GM just to hear what his role was. And then, um, talking to our scout about his day to day and then just meeting with different people and trying to like set myself apart from other people was really big there. And then just going to as many networking events I could and any conferences, things like this, um, volunteered, whatever I could do, um, right off the bat to just meet people was super important to me. But I think you just have to take advantage of the time, like, especially right now when nobody is working really, it's really important to utilize this time because people in roles who normally don't have time for informational interviews or time to just connect with you have a lot of time. So I think when I started, it was during a time that people had that extra time. They were willing to talk. They were willing to um, give advice and help me out. So I got lucky by just, you know, taking advantage of that. And I think it sounds crazy, but of the 45 other interns, I was the only person doing it. So I think if you feel like there's so many other people you're competing against, people aren't doing that um, all, like, like we think they are. So that was big for me. No, that's, that's really good. And I think that coaches, at least from my perspective, my um, experience, it takes a lot of courage to reach out to a coach. And I feel like coaches respect that administrators respect that and they're willing to kind of share with you and give them, give you their insight. So that's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, Oh no. Oh, I thought I was muted. Okay. I definitely think too, um, even like this is kind of aimed at, uh, coach Barlow. So like, even you, you had like kind of the network, like you got, you played for Muffin McGraw. Um, I think sometimes we think about, oh, like, you know, I didn't play for this person and I don't have this connection and I don't have this and that, or my dad's not this person. So how even still, like, you still have to work, you know, you still have to network and and figure out what you want to do. So how did kind of playing for Muffet, like, how did that translate into like, hey, I want to coach, you know what I mean? Because sometimes like, just because you're a really great player, um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a really great coach. So how were you able to kind of formulate like your, your coaching um, equation out of all of that? Right. Um, well, I think I, from a young age, I think I've always wanted to be a coach. Um, so I kind of went in with the mindset of doing that um, and just using my basketball IQ as a player, um, being able to um, just figure out uh, defenses and offenses and things like that. Um, and also being able to learn from different people like coach McGraw she allowed I was a tri-captain my junior and senior year so that allowed me um, that was the biggest opportunity that I had to be able to uh, learn different people and different uh, ways that people responded like some people are you were able to yell at other people you have to pull them to the side to to tell them something um, when the time is right Uh, you just have to be able to learn um, the individuals that you are working with, um, and build that relationship with them. Um, most people will do anything for you when they know that you care about them. Um, so just being able to learn that and be able to develop that while I was uh, playing under her, uh, was huge for me. Um, and also, uh, when I first got into this, um, like I said, I wanted to be a coach, um, and was able, lucky enough to be able to get a phone call that asked me to, to, to be, um, on the sideline. Um, but being able to just go back and call her, 
um, when I, after I got that phone call was just uh, amazing because she obviously, I mean, a hall of famer, um, she, she knows what it takes to be able to actually get into this profession. So, um, she was actually one of the big reasons and the big keys. I think I was able to, uh, do well in the interview process when I was going through it, um, because she actually went through some questions with me. Um, I was able to prepare those questions. I wrote them all down, obviously, uh, so that I would be able to know um, what I needed to go back and do and be able to look up. Um, so that was a huge key for me. So yeah, that was uh, pretty huge on her part. Um, and just stuff that she like, like she, she loves to do that stuff. Um, I can still text her today, still call her today. Um, and right after she made her announcement a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, I was texting with her. So, I mean, we still have that relationship and it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And you said um, a part just about kind of like with your players, like once they know that, like you care about them and and kind of how have you been able to cater? Um, I think the a huge question that I got, like feedback just from my old coaches of of things that they're starting to go through is, is even since my time playing, it's, it's completely different. You have completely different social media platforms. Kids are getting, you know, advancing in, in so many different ways. So, so how kind of are you able to um, do kind of formulate that with people and get to know your players and, and get to know like how you, how they want to be coached? Like, is it something where you are able to, kind of ask them like up front when they're freshmen like what like how how can I approach you you know what I mean because there's still kind of that you're the coach player type role so how do you guys kind of like defy those lines but still you know want to respect them and get the most out of them right um well we kind of go through that in the recruiting process as well um it's not always just trying to when they first get on campus obviously um when they get on campus it's easier to get them because you got them face to face um but we kind of go through the whole recruiting process and learn them through that way. Um, and most of the times the recruiting process, we're not even really talking about basketball. It's like the other stuff that, that goes on, um, just getting to know them, like what kind of TV shows they watch, what do they like to do when they're not doing basketball? Um, how do they interact with their, uh, their parents, their siblings, their, uh, their, their coaches, their teachers, different things like that. So it's not really um, always about the basketball aspect of it. Um, we always just try and get to know them um, on a personal level um, and just, I mean, it's not always going to be about basketball. We just got to get them to, to realize that we are, we are here. We've been through it. So we, we know what they are going through um, and we just kind of go from there. So it's not just always about the basketball uh, piece of it, trying to get them to know. And when, once you get to know them um, and build that relationship all uh, outside of the, the basketball standpoint of it, um, it, it's it's a bit easier to to get them to do the things that you would like for them to do on the court. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, um, I think too, that speaks to last week, whoever was on that um, episode, we had uh, Rachel Fisher um, or Jenny Fisher. Why do I always, I say Rachel all the time. Sorry, Jenny Fisher. And she talked about just the difference between her time with media and men's basketball and women's basketball and just the the holistic of the women's basketball player is something that's coming together more mm -hmm. um and I, I think that that's really cool that that's something that um I guess as being a, an athlete that was recruited you don't think about like your coaches actually caring about like what you watch on tv and and stuff like that so I think that's 
definitely really important for sure. Definitely. Yeah, really good. Kind of ta- uh, tying Allie back, you know, Coach McGraw was a huge asset to Coach Barlow, but who are some of your mentors, Allie, that have really helped facilitate your growth past 10 years? I was just going to add on that for everybody. I think mentorship is like the most important thing in terms of growing your career and finding people that you trust and can rely on and will help you out. And I think I got so lucky right off the bat. Um, My first internship was under, and I was a community relations intern. I was under the vice president of community relations and player programs for the Clippers. And she's still, um, I mentioned to Ashton earlier, like she's the person I go to for everything. Um, And for every event or whatever we have um I'm always the person to like address our team so this year after Kobe passed I had no idea what to say to our players um no idea how to handle it so I go to her first and she's still um she's been in the business for like 30 years she helps me with everything I do um and then I think just like being in a front office on the NBA is pretty rough when you're in player development like I work with our players on a personal level and so I'm on the side where we're like waving um, trading whatever players so it just gets hard sometimes to like walk the line between working for a team and um, being in the front office but also being a resource for them and um, allowing them to trust you so um, my other biggest mentor is Um, the assistant GM from the Knicks and he can walk me through those kinds of things or just help me because he's a former player as well. So he is his relationships with players are really good. So he helps me with like, if we trade somebody or if somebody's in trade rumors, how to deal with it. And he's helped me so much. We um, were on the road this year during trade deadline. And one of our players, we were in Detroit. The rumor was he was going to stay in Detroit was being traded there. So I have more tools from talking to people on how to handle those situations. Um, and like spent that night with the player, went out to dinner, talked about it, like eased his worries or, you know, um, I think those people have really helped me handle situations that I clearly would not have been able to handle otherwise. And then, um, we're lucky with the NBA that we have like a governing body of player development resources. So I have a representative, um, and he's a former player, so he helps me with everything too. We had a pretty big suspension this year, and he called me. I mean, it's probably 2 a.m. on the East Coast, and he called me to tell me exactly what we had to do. Like, if he, if our player could ride on the plane, if he couldn't be at practice, what a suspension meant in this, um, with that situation. And so there's so many people that will help you, but just keeping those relationships is super important, and that's definitely why I've had success I always say it's those people um and like in transitioning from the Clippers to the Suns um the person I worked the closest with of the Clippers uh his name's Jason he was the one who got me the job in Phoenix he was the one who called for me talked about me and then um that was kind of like my sign off to go over to the Suns so those are the people that have really helped my career grow that's really good I think it's vital, extremely vital to have that community and those people to look up to who you can call. So that's really good. That's really good. 
Um, even to like speaking to just like community and, and having all of that, this is just kind of like for, for both of you. Um, so, um, yeah, what kind of like what helped you to utilize like in, in see the importance of that um, and things like that? Like I know, Coach Barlow, like you had different um, things to kind of compare your um, coaching careers to. Um, like you've been to different places now in Alley, like you've been to different places. So where how have you kind of like been able to take your experiences and then just also like create that, but then also kind of like create something new? I think that's also something that, is can happen a lot in the sports industry or just in in general in life is just like oh well like like this is how we used to do it or like we did it like this at the suns or we did it like this at you know at the clippers and and kind of how do you guys really how have you been able to kind of mesh that and and be able to work better with people Allie, you got it um all right i think um like like we said, there's people you look up to, different mentors you have along the way. So you pick things from each of them, I think, that you want to implement. Um, when I first started, I worked for somebody who, um, it was hard. I had like three really hard years of like wanting to quit, but she was very good at her job um, and like very detail oriented. But I honestly learned how I, I didn't want to lead. And so in leading, it was like I, I took from that and then kind of saw like once I took on team travel with the sons and how meticulous you have to be took that from her and then like I said one of my other mentors was the player programs person so things that she did um I took from her but things that I saw she didn't like you see the players interact with these people and I was like well I don't really think that worked so then you know there's so many people along the way that you can see how they do things and just take from each of them and then add your own to it so I've been, I guess, fortunately and unfortunately, um, have seen like three different coaching staffs with the sun. So there's been a lot to like pull from and like, I've gotten to see a lot of things that I really liked or really didn't like. So, um, just taking pieces from each person and adding to it, I think. And then I was with the Clippers when we were up three, one in a playoff series and lost and kind of the rumor is that it was because our, our team didn't get along. So I think I've been able to use that to run with like how important the off court piece of player development is. And, um, that's been huge for me, like to advocate for what my position does. So just little pieces of everything and experiences I've had along the way, which have kind of molded it into what it is now. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, um, like my first uh, job, I was like, I don't know if I can even do this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is uh, a bit much. Like you see some, a different side of everything from coming from a player and then going to the coaching side. Um, so I, in that situation, um, I was able to learn so much. And like Ali was saying, like, just learn ways to, 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 how, how to run a program and how not to run a program. Um, so just taking different things from the different people that I've been able to work for. Um, and even though that wasn't a good situation for me, again, I was still able to be included in all aspects of the program um, and still soak up everything and be a sponge to be able to, to know and still use the things that I learned uh, during that time period to be able to um, be as successful as I possibly can as I continue to move through 
uh, this profession um, and get to the area and the space that we are right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ashton, do you wanna go ahead and take it away? Yeah, just kind of transitioning, Ali, you mentioned you're a big advocate for the off-court responsibility of player development that you are the head of for the Phoenix Suns. So can you just talk about the specific opportunities that you seek out for your players to do off the court that really are pertinent to their growth and success? Yeah, um, I think I kind of live by like meeting players where they're at. So you have the NBA is so different. Like once you get to the professional level, we have a 19 year old player and we have like a 30 year old with kids so you have so many different types of development for each of them so like I've said all along like it's such a relationship and positive relationship business where um, it's so different for each person and so just like the most important thing is getting to know your guys and in the NBA it changes so often Um, but it's just so each guy is so different. Uh, one, like I said, we have a 19 year old with him. It's like teaching him how to live without his parents, teaching him how to cook. It could be like setting up cooking classes or bringing in somebody from our finance department to teach him what everything on his check means, like what taxes, what escrow means, what, what's being taken out, like that kind of thing. And that all oddly enough counts as development for us. Um, And then for other guys who are veterans or um, who have like a team of people working for them, they'll just come to me with like, Hey, I want to get involved with um, homelessness in the city. And then I have to build a network in different um, types of community outreach to find opportunities for them. Um, Just recently we set up like a free lunch for students who we're out of school and we're all on um, a program where it was like affordable lunches. So we brought in a food truck or going there and bringing them all signed basketballs or just doing stuff um, player specific for each of them. Um, the league makes you do a lot of certain programs. Um, a lot of it, our players don't like to attend because it's not things they're interested in. So it's just really specific to each of them and it changes year to year. We have a Caribbean player right now. So it's a lot of, how can we help kids in the Caribbean and what can we do in those communities? Or is there a community in Phoenix that um, we can help and would benefit from this? That's his point of interest. So it's really different, but um, that's what makes it exciting. Cause I think you're constantly building your network and um, it's like a revolving door of relationships with players. And then if they have like one player or a couple players have the same agent, it's like, right off the bat before they get with the team, you kind of talk to their agent about what their interests are. So your first meeting with them, you have a bunch of ideas um, based on what you've heard about them. And um, so, yeah, it's really different, but I think just specific to each guy. Yeah, that's, that's really good saying the player for more than just on the court. Totally agree. Coach Barlow, could you just add on, obviously you're an assistant coach, you're very involved with the basketball aspect, but how do you see your players as more than just an athlete? You know, how do you help them find those responsibilities, those opportunities outside of the court? Yeah, um, 
like I was saying earlier, we try and give them the, the, as much knowledge as we possibly can while they're with us. Uh, but yeah, we've we've done some community service outreach things as well. Um, this past season, we went to a place called the House of Bread where we were um, passing out food and helping feed the homeless. Um, we uh, this past uh, almost a year ago, um, Dayton, there was a tornado that ripped through the whole city, um, and we went uh, fit young people, um, people with, for shoes. Um, so just different things like that. Um, going to different elementary schools and reading and tutoring different uh, kids in the different aspects of their uh, schoolwork and everything like that. Um, so just trying to get them out there and trying to get them to realize that it's not, it's not just basketball. There's more to life um, and more to um, being a college athlete than just playing the sport. There are a lot of people that um, you don't know that are watching you um, and that are looking up to you, quite honestly. Uh, so you just got to be the ambassador that you are um, and and just behave accordingly every time that you step out um, on the court or um, out into the community because you never know who, who all will be watching. Yeah, that's a great response. Love it. Definitely even to like – I feel like college, um, something like similar kind of like with Allie, you, 19 year olds, like trying to figure out how to like cook and stuff. Um, but I guess even too, just how, how do you kind of help your players like see um, past, you know, college basketball, like even just, I, I feel like I remember walking into your office and being like, I don't know what I'm doing, like what's going on. And you just think like, you, you always ask like really great questions. And, and I guess like, is that something that, I'm sure you probably still do, but even um, from that, like, like girls that just can't kind of see themselves after basketball or, or some transitions um, through that, um, what are some ways or like even examples of like some players that you, you've really helped to, to try to figure that out? Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, again, we just try and give them the knowledge, but also again, like this, the, we we are big on allowing them to um, see something other than the, the the sports aspect of it. So like we do different things uh, like during Halloween, we'll have a pumpkin carving contest. Like we just try and keep the mood light. Uh, so just different things like that. We had an Easter egg hunt last year. Um, the situation this year, we weren't able to do it, obviously. Um, but when different holidays show up, uh, Valentine's Day, Christmas, we do different things and different activities with them. So it's not always trying to be um, go, go, go as an athlete. Um, we try and get them out to realize that um, – you can also have fun. Obviously there's time for fun and there's time to get down to business, but we also try and show them the, the fun side as well. Um, and just allow them to uh, participate in different activities that they might normally not uh, be able to participate in. We've got kids that come from all different types of backgrounds. Um, so we try to get kids, maybe it was their first year being able to carve a pumpkin. They've never been able to do that. Um, or go outside and build a snowman when it snowed with, so people that they love, like we, we try, it's, it's different things for us, um, different activities. Um, the whole Valentine's day thing. We always, uh, my boss, she goes crazy when, when she goes to the store. Um, and she just, we are able to just take care of them in, a, in different ways. And, um, everybody gets a piece of chocolate and, and a flower. Um, so it's just like, um, just trying to do things that aren't always so make people uptight. 
um, and, and just try and lighten the mood and, and allow them to know that um, <clears throat> there is more to this than just being an athlete and being on the court. Yeah, definitely. I think that is something that is, is super important too, to just have your coaches see you that or see you more than a basketball player and really build that relationship is, is definitely something that I've experienced um, from just the different coaches um, I've had and things like that. But this is kind of for Allie too. Um, how have you been able to kind of handle like being the main contact for the Phoenix Phoenix Suns, I guess. Like, I know you kind of talked about your um, mentors and, and things like that, but but ultimately, how do you how do you handle that, making that final decision and in, in doing that? Um, it's a it's a lot of work. I feel like I'm on call all the time, um, and it's not necessarily like I'm the only con or I'm the main point of contact, but I'm definitely our players like whatever they need. Um, I, I make jokes about it, but one of our players this year asked me about sending a freezing, like literally freezing a pig and sending it in the mail. And I'm like, <laughs> how or why would I ever know that? But just, there's like so many different things. But I think um, the biggest thing for me being the that person, like the main point of contact for players and coaches is like empowering them to learn to do things on their own. Um, and I don't know, coach Barley, you may agree with this, but this, like the whole suspension of the league and us all being separate from each other and in quarantine has been huge for our players development because they're being forced to develop a little bit. So I always try to like empower them to learn things on their own. And if like, I get questions like that, I'm like, Hey, here's how you can look that up. Or here's local places in the area that do it. Why don't you call them instead of just doing it for them? I try and like teach them to do things so I don't always have to be that point of contact um and during this it's just really because I actually can't do certain things or like we physically can't do things for them so I think it's been huge in helping their growth off the court um and just to like piggyback off what you said earlier is that like you were saying it's more than basketball and you try and keep it light and try and keep it fun I think this situation has just taught everybody like it's so much bigger than basketball um and there's been like, we just host, like our coach will get all the players together and have a zoom call or like, Hey, do you want to do like a, whatever, one-on-one -on -one FaceTime, just things like that, where it's like, I care about you as a human before caring about you as a player. Definitely. Yeah. We've, um, we've done the same thing and tried to do the same thing. Um, although it may be easier, like you said, for us to just do it for them <laughs> um, right now during this time, it's not uh, always going to be possible. Um, so yeah, just teaching them and giving them again, the information and the knowledge to be able to go search for it and find it themselves um, is just huge for us. Um, especially if we're trying to get them to, to grow from the little freshman that came in to that senior. Um, some people get it right away when they're that freshman. Um, some people, it takes a little bit longer. Um, some people, they get it right before they graduate and they, uh, call you back a little later and tell you that they're, they, they, they appreciate you and the things that you were able to teach them throughout their four-year career. Um, so yeah, we, we are, we're big on that as well, just trying to give them the knowledge and the things that they need to be able to problem solve it for themselves. Yes, I, I definitely think that 
I have advocate, like I've, I've not advocated, but I have like been able to get that firsthand, um, like just from the, the year we had together. And the only thing I don't miss is playing outside defense when you were a point guard. Um, <laughs> I was like, I can't take a charge on her. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> she beat everybody. It was all buckets and she played. Um, so definitely, but just kind of too, um, this is, this can be for both of you. Just what, what just good advice or, um, those kind of things kind of outside of networking and in this and that, but, but just things to look for, um, when you're, you're looking to get into this industry, like coaching or, or, you know, the NBA, um, and then even too, when you're there, um, how you decide to kind of change and, and when it's time to change. Um, can you guys just kind of speak to that a little? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, I, I think my biggest advice would be to just be where your feet are. Um, and then to, to elaborate on that, be where your feet are and then star in your role. Like if you're always searching for uh, something else and something that you think is going to be bigger and better, um, you're not, reaching your full potential in the position that you're currently in. Um, so just being able to, to, to get down to the, the nitty gritty and to be able to, to chomp out things that you are wanting to do um, and just giving your 100% every single time that you are able to uh, get the opportunity to do something. Uh, just be where your feet are, star in that role, because when everybody is starring in their particular role, um, and, and reaching their full potential and what they're supposed to be doing, um, great things and successful things are, are, are sure to follow. And that's the model that we um, go by um, on our coaching staff within our players. Um, we're, we're pretty close staff, uh, like you said. Um, I've known my boss since I was eight, like I said earlier. Um, and I recently just met the people that are on our staff, but it feels like I've known them forever because we get along so well. Um, and everybody's able to do their particular job. We get along. Um, and every, when everybody does their job, like great things happen. Um, and our kids, they notice that we get along so well. Um, we, we think that rubs off on them um, and allows them to also give their 100% every single time they step out there on the court as well. I like that. I was going to say my, my biggest piece of advice is to never have too much humility. I think you're, especially in sports, like it's really hard to get in. Um, your first couple jobs are not going to be the ones you want. They're not going to be the ones that you'll have forever, but like being humble and being willing to do the jobs that nobody wants to do, I think is super important. Um, I think that that's the best way to move up or to set yourself apart from others. And I still do everything that I ask of everybody around me. I'll still do with them just because I think you're never going to be bigger than any job. Um, and I think especially in sports, like you have to work super hard. You have to do grunt work, things you don't want to do um, to get to where you want to be. And I think that never stops no matter how far along you are in your career. And then I think the other thing, which is more like technical, is just to be forward thinking and innovative, um, especially in on the professional side and maybe on the college side too. But um, I think like to see how much analytics has changed in the last couple of years and how people have like 
the innovation on the analytics side where they're doing like load management through analytics and um, analytics people are like on coaching staffs now and just how like who those people were to forward think. And when I think about all of the staffs I've been on, it's really been the people who have like come up with a new model for something or come up with a new way of looking at something like what the trend is going to be. Um, so just being forward thinking is, is huge. If you have an idea, I think share it and, um, don't be afraid to try new things and different things. Cause I think that's the only way for people to stand out and for people to see that you're working hard. That's good. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes you like, for me, it's like, I never know when to speak up and, and when to not, you know, kind of thing. I think it's, it's a, it's a balance, but I've, I've also learned that um, more times than not, it's, it's more important to just like, you know, reach out to somebody and, and kind of get, get past that rejection. Um, but then do we want to go to viewer questions and kind of see what, um, so if anybody has them, obviously to um, go ahead and drop them after this, but there's one for coach Barlow. Um, what are some lessons you took from playing for a female coach that you've used in your journey as a coach now? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like I said earlier, um, just being able to know how to talk to people, um, talk to different people. Um, everybody is not going to be the same. Everybody's not going to respond to the same type of coaching. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I've used um, and have learned when I was playing um, to when I was coaching. There are some ways that um, that worked for me and some ways that did not. Um, and I was able to realize those. Um, I don't like to be yelled at. So I try to do and give my 100% and do everything that I was asked to do. Um, so I wouldn't have to get yelled at. Um, so that was my motivation is to not ever have someone say that you have to play harder, you have to do better, you have to. So I was always going to give my 100%. Um, so just working with um, kids now um, is just being able to learn how to communicate with them. And like I said, that started with the recruiting process and getting to know them before they even got to campus um, and just knowing how they like to be communicated with. Obviously, there's going to be some times where you're, um, you're going to have to get your point across quickly. Um, but then that's when you pull them to the side and explain what you uh, meant and how um, you said it might not have come off the way that you wanted it to come off, but um, just make sure that they heard the message instead of the way that it was actually said. Yeah, I definitely think that's important. I think too, just coaches saying sorry, you're just like, what? That doesn't really make sense. But I think definitely when when you have that relationship and that position um, in place that is, is focused towards them, you can kind of look back to and just be like, hey, like that might not have come off the right way that you you needed it but like that's that's kind of what we needed and I think that just adds to building that relationship too so you probably had some sort of structure there for them to be like oh yeah like cool like I, yeah I get it like we were in the middle of the game like yeah that that's awesome so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's really good thank you coach mm -hmm. another viewer question we had was for Allie they, they're asking, you know, many people speak to the hectic schedule of NBA teams and players. Is this the same scheduling you, you know, reflected in your day-to-day? -day? And then also, could you just add on, you know, we've spoke briefly about your, you really value a work-life balance, so how you handle that as well. 
Yeah. Um, the NBA schedule is hectic. And I think as a staff member, it's even more so because you, um, you go like, if you travel with the team, you'll be, um, after a game, you're on the bus, you're on the flight, you're in a new city at three in the morning, your job doesn't stop. So I think for them, it's like, they go to sleep, they wake up for practice, but you prepare the next morning, not necessarily in my role, but like coaches for sure. Um, I do the logistics of our travel. So for me, I'm constantly, I don't know if it's worried, but just making sure everything goes smooth. So, um, that's really hectic. But then once their day ends, like once practice is over, that's when you actually like work, I think, because when you're there, you're with them and then you go into an office and you work. So it is very hectic. Um, and then you're, you're definitely on their schedule. Like if they want to do something at 7 PM, if they want you to set something up for them after a game, um, you're on that schedule. So it is really hectic. Um, it's 24 seven. It's, uh, really there's no boundaries, I think. And so, yeah, I am big on work-life balance. It's very hard. Um, especially in this role, um, you're on all the time. And I think the biggest thing is having like giving tasks to other people, like we talked about empowering others, but having people that you trust to help you with things that you're like, I'm going to give you this task and I trust you to get it done. So I think it's, it's a win-win for everybody because it can be, um, empowering for others. And then, um, like being mindful of your time and their time. And, um, so I try and delegate as much as I can and give people, um, this is my first year with a department. There's three of us. So we really try and like give each other a day when we can. Um, we know the busy times and we know we're going to be really busy at busy times. So we try and take like a break before or after, um, give each other like a day in between, or if a player reaches out to one of us and we're trying to take a day off, we'll give it to the other. So I think just being like, it sounds silly, but delegating is really hard. Um, especially when you start and you're like the person that other people trust or whatever it may be. So I think learning to delegate is huge for a work-life balance um, and just trusting people, empowering them because um, the schedule is very, very hectic and it's not glamorous either. It is really late nights, long hours, um, early mornings and like a 24-7 job. It's definitely a lifestyle when you get into sports. Yeah, can I just add to that um, real quick? My boss is big on um, delegating and that giving us all a, a voice within the program. Like she always asks everyone's opinion. Um, obviously we can't always take everyone's opinions, but having those six people in the room and being able to chat it out um, and to come up with different ideas and throw your different thoughts out there. Um, we're always able to come up with a, a solution. Um, and I just think that's awesome that she always asks what we are um, trying to do and she gives us the ownership within the program to to do the things um that we're supposed to do um, she does there's no micromanaging or anything like that so we are always um able to do the things that we would like to do within the context of the program so i think that's awesome that you brought that up Allie. yeah definitely i think that's something too is kind of been the transition with more women getting into sports is, is they're really able to show people and have been able to show people like, like you two, like you guys able, were able to help p- 
people see that moms can be coaches and, you know, this, this whole movement um, of just, even just, we can see with like the whole um, girl dad thing, um, just that, that women are, are, they can do it and they will. Um, But then one more question, sorry, I almost forgot Um, from um, Adam, what are your guys' career aspirations? Um, future thinking now? (laughs) Um, For me, I think it's just um, continue to learn and grow um, with the boss that I have right now, Coach Merriweather, Um, and then also eventually maybe becoming a head coach. Um, Some days I'm all in with wanting to be a head coach. Other days I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that right now or if I ever wanted to do that. Um, But yeah, I think um, eventually, I would like to um, be a head coach and be able to uh, run a program um, just to, to see and to be able to um, put everything that I've learned from the different people that I've worked with and um, been coached by um, to try and see if it will all work and be able to put something together to have a product out there. Um, so I, I would think my uh, future aspirations would be to be a head coach at some some level. I think kind of the same in terms of like learning and growing in the meantime. Um, I think with the Suns, it's just putting us on the map in terms of like a culture and off court and servicing um, perspective. We don't, when I got here, we definitely didn't have that. So just kind of changing the culture of our team and making it a place that players want to play at. um, And just our players feeling like when they leave here, they, learn something off the court and um, gain something from us in our department. Um, I think long-term probably doing player development on the agency side. So I don't lose clients the same way. Um, It's kind of hard having a player you really have a connection with and then they go to another team. Um, And especially if you build a close relationship and then they're somewhere else, you definitely can't work with them anymore. It's just, against all rules of like tampering and whatnot. So I think having my own clients so you can build that relationship um, and continue that to grow. Cause when you lose a player, it's that part's hard for me. So I think I want to have my own clients and work with them off the court directly. Yeah. That's super cool. Even to see, like, for me, it's like, Oh, you work in the NBA. Like what's, what's bigger than that? You know, what's above that. And, that's a good a good thought right there um kind of something we like to finish up our shows with um and not not to say that it has to be over with but um just kind of we want to always do a points of pride of what you guys kind of take away from each day um and and kind of self-reflect at the end of the day but but basically just what is one thing you try getting out of each day when you're, you're doing your job? It could have been the best or worst day possible, but what is something you can look back and feel proud of and encouraged by each day, like going into the next one? So oh, I'll start. You're good. You're good. I think, uh, I think my thing, I was trying to think of this before the call, but I think my, my biggest thing um, every day would be being consistent every single day. Um, And it kind of sounds simple and silly, but like there's so many ups and downs. We lose, we lose a player. We have like 
a really bad story or whatever, we get bad publicity, whatever it may be. I think no matter what, and there's been some rough times with the Suns where we've lost by like 50 points or whatever it may be. I think I come, I want to come to work every day in the same mood, like pretty level, um, positive and not be affected by those types of things. So being a constant for our players and coaches every single day is really important to me. I think that's like the biggest thing for me to build trust relationships. Like you always know what you're going to expect. Um, and the mood's not going to change. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, I think all of us have had bosses where you're like, what mood are they going to be in today? Can I approach them today? Is this a good time of the year? Is it too busy? Whatever it may be. I think I just want to be a constant every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. Mine's kind of similar to that. Um, I pride myself on coming in the office or going into practice and having a smile on my face and trying to make everybody happy. Um, obviously, there are times when you you have to know when and where, um, but just coming in and being happy every day and trying to make sure that everybody is, um, the, the mood is not so dim and so grim. Um, because like you were saying, like there's always going to be something that's trying to pull you down and bring you down. Um, but, uh, just having a smile on my face and always trying to make sure everyone, um, just see something bright and sunshine. Um, cause there was a time when I did not want to go into the office and did not want to, um, put a smile on my face. It's just, just in a bad situation, um, but still was able to learn from it and grow from it. Um, but ever since after that, I was like, I can't let myself get into this position anymore, um, get into this dark space. Um, so each day I've tried to um, pride myself on coming in with a smile, um, trying to be happy um, and to lighten the mood for everybody. Definitely, Good yeah, call. that's definitely important. Mm -hmm. Both great perspectives, thank you. On another note, just kind of tying everything together, what do you guys see being the overall improvement for women in sports, both in the college aspect, high school level, professional level? Well, just um, from, from my standpoint is just, um, just getting more of an opportunity for women. Um, I know for um, at the collegiate level, we uh, recently, there was a female head coach hired at a, a men's JUCO as a men's youth co-basketball head coach. So that's pretty awesome. Just getting the, the opportunities and being able to run with them um, and, and being able to hold our own and to be able to, um, when we get those opportunities, do well with them and to be able to continue to learn and grow and to not be scared to share our ideas. Um, if they keep getting shot down, it, it, it doesn't matter. Eventually they're going to, to stick. Um, so that would just be the biggest thing. Definitely. I agree with all those things. I think, uh, I think for me, just, um, like not having to have women in sports conferences and groups and stuff anymore yeah. would be like the biggest improvement. Um, I think right now it's sort of trendy to hire women or like, you know, I don't want to say you're filling a quota, but a lot of teams are like, look, we have this woman on our coaching staff or look, we have this woman in our training staff. And I think like women are qualified to do those jobs like mm -hmm. I think the day that we stop highlighting that because it just becomes the norm would be huge um but our team always gets talked about when we're on the road because we now this is the first year we travel three women on the basketball ops side and that's like so many more than other teams and like 
we have women locker rooms on the road now we have um we're you know kind of treated like part of the staff now but I think just the more and more that grows where we're not like highlighted anymore it's not like look the women have three females um (laughs) and like you I I think like we get questions all the time. Like, are you the host? Are you a cheerleader? Are you a wife? Those kinds of things. Like when those stop, that'll be a a big, a big thing, especially when you're working on the men's side. Definitely. Yeah. I always think about like, even with journalism and things like that, it was, well, how are we going to have female journalists if they, they can't go into the locker room and stuff like that. And, and even like the referee, part of it um just from kind of seeing the facility aspect of college athletics where like it's not that big of a deal you know just go you know into a different even like a split staff with you know like men and women and it's just like those those things you kind of see that they're not they're not that big of a deal um so definitely but I think even too looking back on it um and kind of being in the middle of generations is just yeah, like, like those, I always think of like Muffin McGraw too, um, Coach Barlow, like you can speak to this, her speech last year, just kind of how she, she kind of made that stand of like, I, I don't want men on my staff. Um, I, I remember just being, being in shock that she said that I was like, yeah, <laughs> but then also too, it's like, it's a very fine line. And, and we, once again, like we want men that want to coach women to be able to, to do that as well. Um, but, but yeah, definitely once it kind of can all be like stopping like the first, this, the, the only this and, and things like that, but that's kind of our, our purpose here and, and why we want to have these panels and these discussions. So we're, we're super, super grateful and thankful for, for you guys sharing your experiences for sure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much. I, I have pages and notes. I think just. It's so great to hear you guys share your stories and you're not only working toward your goals, but you're trying to empower other people to work toward their goals. So I think that's really important and something that I really enjoy to see as a young woman, a young person in this profession trying to grow and learn. So thank you guys a lot for just sharing your time with us tonight.